I saw on Instagram that you have like trailer after trailer mm. after trailer mm. showing up at your house. Mm. Are you building like a, a complex? What's going mm. on? Well, that was uh, there's a little TV project that uh, I've been talking about for close to two years now, and it's actually starting to happen. And we're going to start shooting here in a couple of weeks. I think the 26th is the start date. And it's unbelievable. You guys don't know how good we have it with how easy it is to make a YouTube video and how complicated mm. it is to make a TV show. It is, it's the fat built into the process is just unbelievable. I mean, there's PAs wandering around here like zombies, like picking up leaves. There's, you know, and everyone's got a different ranking. You know, you don't know. And you don't know who's who. You don't know. Nobody wears that badge, like, you know, like in the military. So you don't know who's who. But you slowly start to figure out who's in charge of what. And, you know, and there's a couple of people walking around that no matter what they say, you have to do it. And uh, <laughs> I even said it to one of the guys. <laughs> like, I, if you saw me on my Instagram post yesterday, and I wouldn't say this publicly, but he replied publicly. So I don't care. Um, I was joking. I said, you see the sign hanging over my shoulder? I said, oh, dare. Don't say it. Don't you say it, O'Dare. That's one of the executive producers. Mm. And I didn't tag him in it or anything, but he re-tagged it and said, and he said, I'm so high like uh, Snoop Dogg or something, because we were joking about how high the sign should be hung. And I put the clips up, and we got up on the trail, a really dangerous move. We got up on the gondola for the scissor lift, and me and my, my other buddy, Brian, we hung it up. And we look back and I'm like, it's about, it might be about a foot too high, but I like it. Everyone's like, it's perfect. It's perfect. And so I know, but we did it last night when everybody left. So when Mike comes in today, he's going to be like, can we move it down 18 inches? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that's like walking into a house and like seeing a window. Like, it's really, wow, what a beautiful window. Can we move it over about four inches? Like, you don't know what it takes to move a window over, you know, because this sign, we, I made these specialized clips that's, I made a steel frame welded to the back of the circle. So that there's like it basically mm. is like a French cleat type of system, but it's just it's not easy standing on that thing. We'll be it'll be like eighteen feet, twenty feet in the air to pick that heavy thing up with two people trying to wrench it off the clips, take it back down to the ground to safety, and then move the clips down eighteen inches and then bring it back up and hang it. So I'm hoping he looks at it today and says we can leave it where it is. But he's one <laughs> of the guys on the set that is like, they're walking around the backyard like, can we add two more feet of driveway here? Because everyone's looking through their cell phones at like different shots. It's so funny. Oh, they're, like, they're like, uh, Fritz Lang, like looking through this. You know what? Can we have that tree trimmed over there? I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Wow. That would get really that would get really annoying though. Like people just wanting to just modify your place that you've spent a long time kind of making your own. Well, they, they you know everybody they they fill you with promises of resetting everything. But you know some of the stuff is <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put that tree back on when we're done. Don't worry. <laughs> no, well honestly I joke with Taylor. I call Taylor the tree murderer cuz she wants to clear everything. I'm like I I don't want anything cut. Like like I lost my I lost my temper one day when Willie cut a path so the so the UPS man doesn't have to pull in the driveway. He could park on the side street and walk through the bushes. And Willie like cleared a path. I'm like, I don't want paths. I don't want anybody to see into the property. I just don't want like mm. someone to have like a clear shot of the kitchen from the road so they could pull up and look and like, oh, there is Jimmy. You know, and it's like, it's not that I'm some sought after celebrity. I just want privacy. We have all this like foliage covering the house. 
So I don't want any of it cut. But like Taylor's like, can we clear this and make this a beautiful grassy area? I'm like, no. So I jokingly call her the tree murderer. And now, unfortunately, the, the, the ash beetle is killing a lot of the ashes on my property. Like when we first started this project four years ago, all these trees were alive. And now uh, every tree we look at, like suddenly, like now everything's starting to bud. Many trees aren't budding. And I'm like, oh, God, that's mm. dead. Oh, that's dead. That's dead. So mm. yesterday, the, my guy came with the chainsaw and cut a bunch of trees to clear. We also have to pick a spot where we're going to put the, the equipment, uh, the equipment housing. And then I have these two big containers that say Costco on them, which is a shipping company, not that store. And uh, they're like, can we paint those? I'm like, sure. Like, is it okay if we paint them black? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we'll, we'll cover it. I'm like, sure, paint them black. I've always wanted to paint them, and now they're going to put a couple of PAs on them. <laughs> Do like, it for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. I'm just taking it with a grain of salt, you know, a little bit at a time, see how it goes. And uh, everybody on the project is is super easygoing. You know, it's like hmm. no, nobody wants to be like a temper tantrum, you know, Nobody wants to yeah. get themselves fired or, or get a bad reputation. So everybody's pretty easygoing and everything's a negotiation. But we'll see. So uh, a couple of questions. Is the hierarchy of the people that are working there, is that you said that's kind of hard to know, like who is oh, in charge we're, of who we're and whatever. We're slowly figuring it is out. Is that stuff? We're slowly yeah, figuring it out. Does it become out. obvious as you yeah. see? Slowly figuring it out. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I've said this before. It's, it's funny. Like I know the minute I'm going to work with somebody it's it's like I'm old enough to know when you knew nothing about somebody that came into your life. You knew there's no way to find out anything. You had to talk to their family and friends. Now you could look at their social media, Google them. Start, you know, so when I'm going to work with somebody, I Google them. But it's funny mm-hmm. in, in this capacity, like this whole thing hinges on my skill set. You know, our skill set, me and the other guys involved. And you know, one of the first meetings, somebody's like, "Do you guys know how to draw and sculpt?" I'm like. We've come this far and nobody's Googled us yet. It's crazy. So people are slowly starting to get up to speed. But, you know, for well, I mean, it's a baking, it's a baking show. So what does that mean? matter? <laughs> like, uh, you know, oh, was I not supposed to say that? Sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. The great, the great American baking show, the great American bake off. No, it's just, uh, you know, but I'm starting to, I started to realize too. I mean, I've realized this before, but to them, it's just another gig in Hollywood. Mm. You know, it's like, when do we show up? What do we got to make? But, you know, we're also, it's a very, it's very involved creative process. It's not just, all right, let's see you guys fight over wine. You know, it's not that kind of show. There's a lot more to it. So we're all involved with the the day-to-day creative for the most part. They want to kind of throw us curveballs. So they're hiding some stuff from us, which is fine. And uh, so when they're like, all right, if we're going to do a creative show about making something creative, we need to know what you guys do. I'm like, there are quite literally thousands of videos that you could look at to see what we do instead of me sitting here quantifying it you could be sitting on the toilet probably you know till we actually come to new york and you could look and see everything we do but right now the answer is yes i know how to sculpt and draw (laughs) (laughs) so that's funny i try to be snarky but i try not to be mean yeah yeah. You're going to have to be working with these people for a while. So you don't want to be the, like the diva that's like, don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that they've already had, I've already done that with them. <laughs> they already <laughs> they joke about it. With Are them. there any tool sponsors within the show? Yeah, actually, you know what? It's just, I think we just found out that, uh, you know, everybody thinks I'm sponsored by DeWalt. Even Milwaukee thought I was sponsored by DeWalt and they were very happy to find out that I'm not. 
So everything on the show is going to be read, apparently. And uh, we had to go on their website and come up with a big wish list. So everything is going to be read. And I'm working a little bit with Crescent Tools. It's kind of been an ongoing conversation, but this project came into play. So they're going to give us a bunch of hand tools. And what else? The ShopBot obviously gave us a new machine. That ShopBot, by the way, is on loan until July. Yesterday, we delivered a ShopBot with the forklift, and it was a big process. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'll tell you another stupid story. So we, we rented everything from United Rentals, and I said, we need a forklift. As per ShopBot said, it's coming on an 18-wheel. It's going to come out of the end of the truck on the short side. So we need long forks to get into the middle of the four feet to pick up. So you need six foot forks and everybody said, no problem, no problem. So then this little genie showed up, which you've been seeing me use on Instagram. It's just a rental. It's this blue thing. It's kind of, looks like a lull. The forks come up and it has short forks on it. And I was like, we need long forks. And so the guy's like, oh yeah, we'll get them for you. Oh yeah, we'll get them for you. And we're, we're trying to find a pair, right? And so one of the producers trying to find a pair and then Brian from ShopBot showed up and he did his due diligence. He called United Rentals because he saw the truck here, the machine. And they're like, yeah, we got them. Don't worry. We'll find them for you. And then he called back. They called back the producer. They called back Brian. Sorry, we can't find, we can't locate a pair. We don't have a pair. Then I spoke to my friend who used to work for United, whose family runs a business here. I called him. I was like, hey, do you guys have a forklift with big forks? And he, and I said, United was supposed to send long forks with this machine. And and they didn't. And he goes, oh, yeah, they don't give out long forks. They lie to everybody and say they're looking for a pair, but they don't have them. What? <laughs> and, uh... and he said, it's a liability issue, which makes sense. He goes, because long forks immediately change the lift rating on the machine. So if you're trying huh. to pick up something heavy at the tip of the forks and you're not really trained in what you're doing, you'll you know flip the machine over. So he said, they don't, they don't, they never say they don't have them. They just say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get those for you. Just give us some time to locate a pair. And then they just say they don't have them. It's an easy way to get out of it without having to be over explaining. So it was so funny because I just I just heard from everybody that they don't have long forks. So I called him. He's like, "Oh yeah, they, they'll never give you long forks." That's that's what we used to tell everybody. Anyway, long story short, we were able to pick it up on strings. I have these long straps, so we literally picked it up like a like a baby whale, like over the top. <laughs> so the the lull came in with like the long crane and, and Aaron was operating it and we were able to pick it up and just get it on the floor. And then once we had it on the floor, Aaron picked it up, but to locate it inside the shop, I just, we just got people on it. We just, I said, every, we all put two by fours under it and picked it up. It took about 12 of us to just pick it up and move it wherever we wanted. So it was fun. It was a little nerve wracking and, you know, before the truck showed up, nobody knew exactly how we were going to do it, but all hands on deck. That's that's one good thing about having like a big crew like this. I mean, anything that needs to get moved, we're just like, we need humans and just humans pick stuff up and make things happen. So, little Egyptian yeah. style. Yeah, well, it's really helpful to have, you know, that many hands that you can just kind of, I need this done and then you yeah. have the initiative and the drive to just go get it done. Like, for instance, uh, uh, the, the in my shop, we left the, the walls open for the second floor for maybe later in the summer or maybe in the fall. And the producers came in and they're all looking through the cameras and they're like, can we, can we cover that? I was like, well, I was going to put burlap over it just to cut the look down. And they're like, can we just make it look exactly the same like that temporarily? We'll pay for it. I'm like, all right. So I talked to my carpenters and they're going to make it permanent. They're going to put it up there and make it permanent, but they're going to pay the carpenters. They're not going to, I don't have to pay them. So wow. I should have only put one piece should've... of wood up and said, I'm done. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's what I was going to say. You should have like, gone that route from the very beginning. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have this one barn, but you guys don't want to use that one. You probably want to use a brand new barn on the property, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we'll just build it. It's fine. Yeah. So they they hired the guys that built the inside. They hired them to as like day carpenters. So they're gonna fill in that negative space we left up there. But and now that we had time to think it through, we're gonna we're gonna leave a negative space under the board. So when we go to put the second floor, and we'll just circular saw off what we need. And that'll just fall out, and uh, then we'll just put the floor joists right in the, in the negative space we leave. So we could have done that from the beginning, but it didn't. The idea didn't occur to us until you know the last couple of days. So that works out in your favor. You yeah, but uh, that's good. And then besides that, uh, just a, a quick update: the, I did the sewing video this weekend where I made like these pouch bag pouches, which is it was a fun video. It was good to get on the sewing machine again, get my skills back in, in order. I still have a lot to learn. And uh, I was able to jump on the trailer. And yesterday, just like finding out that like a snow day, like when, you, when you're a kid, you hated school and you like you got a snow day and you like into the weekend. I got a, a snow day on my trailer project. It's not canceled, but it was. I have five more weeks to finish it, which is great relief because Ooh. as of now, I was supposed to have it done in the middle of May, which is like three weeks away, four weeks away, and that's not enough time. So now I have to the end of June to finish my trailer project. So that gives me a little bit hmm. more uh, free space. I'm a little less overwhelmed. That's foreshadowing. Mm. <laughs> you know, what's funny is like talking about snow days. Um, our kids did school, have done school virtually this entire year. And because of that, because all the schools had to adapt, or at least our, our school system had to adapt to be able to do that uh, virtual for some kids and not all or some through part of the year or whatever. Now there's no such thing as a snow day. Like there may be some situation where they yeah, can still absolutely. do that. That's so funny. But every kid has a Chromebook from the school now. And so they take it home to charge it every night. And if there's no school, they still have schoolwork to do. They just got to do it from home. And man, our kids were so bummed. They were just like, but I mean, like one day it was snowing, like legitimately snowing outside. We have an awesome hill near our house. And they were just like, let's go sledding. It's a snow day. And I'm like, nope, you got school to do. <laughs> Four o'clock, we can go sled. But it's a bummer but that's that's the way it's gonna be now like yeah anyway david what have you been up to so yesterday dan was over and we finished up our hi-fi speaker uh project and i'm not i'm not much of an audiophile i don't i'm not an audiophile at all like i you could my ears are shot, but uh, I wanted to build some some nice speakers for the living room, and it's a two-part video. This first part is just building the enclosures, and all the wiring and all the components are from this place called uh, CSS Audio, and they're, they're really high-end components, and it's supposed to be super easy to wire based on their crossover boards, and it's all labeled out, and you don't have to know anything about electronics, so I soldered them all together and the whole time it just felt like i'm doing this wrong this doesn't this should look better on the inside and we finally get and i I was getting frustrated with uh like i didn't leave enough root like length in the wire for me to hook up this woofer and i was just getting super frustrated and and dan is like here take a break I'll I'll finish this up for you, and I come back and uh, he he has them uh, there, he he has them all wired up, 
And I'm like, oh, it's the end of the day. Like, there's no way these things are going to work. There's just no way. We take them into the living room and plug them in, and it sounds absolutely amazing. And I was just like, hmm. All the frustration just like instantly went away. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was easy to do. I just got frustrated because I, I was forcing myself to finish it when it's, it's a project that's supposed to be fun. But when you force yourself to do a project and you have, you know, I'm setting my own deadlines. Like I want to finish this before Dan leaves today. And it, it turned into like, I just want it to be over with. And then I plug him in and it was amazing. So Hmm. that I have that video to edit that probably won't be out for a couple of weeks today I'm putting out a video I think we talked about it last week or the week before where um, I made a six-sided box within a six-sided box and the two boxes are held together with epoxy and it was an experiment that worked and so that video is is going out today and I'm going to try and race the the go-kart this sunday i'm still having the the next shoulder issues but things are getting better um i th- this is the first points race and i'm like th- I, this is what i've been building up for all winter mm-hmm. and this is the the race i've been looking forward to i don't want to miss it but i'm also not going to push myself because i don't want to re-injure myself and set myself back another five or six weeks but my brother and my brother-in-law are going to come help me and the plan is I won't do any lifting. I won't do any pole starting. I, I will I will just drive. And if I feel like there's any kind of pain, I am I'm already mentally prepared to to withdraw and, and not race. So Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some a couple of people have reached out. Even somebody sent me this this uh starter that you can um you you put it into a drill and you can start like a lawnmower engine with it. Unfortunately, uh, the rules don't allow me to use a starter, and those starters actually don't work on these higher compression motors. And I actually I made a an engine starter for the drill using a. Uh, there's a couple videos on on YouTube, and I think it's using some sort of. Um, it's a starter for like an old Chevy pickup truck where it only turns one way. And the, it's like a almost like a like a ratchet. It can't turn the other way, otherwise it would like. It's hard to explain, but it would like break your wrist off if you uh, if it spun the wrong way. And once the I machine, made, like, is it one of the where once the machine starts, it jumps through the teeth. It doesn't yes. pull it pull it out of your hand. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I made one, and then I burn up my drill because these engines are so. <laughs> Uh, there's just so much compression and they're not as easy to start as a lawnmower. And it worked like a, a, a handful of times. And then the drill started to smoke. And I was like, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's, we'll let it cool down. And then I tried it again. And then the drill just gave up. So, mm. and it was a good, like a, it was a good DeWalt drill. So it wasn't like a, a cheap, a cheap drill. So I, and I do have an actual starter that's made for these go-kart engines. Uh, and I can use that on certain races, but certain races I can't because of rules. And the rules are are there so you don't just throw in a massive cam inside the engine. And we'll we'll see. Uh, I'll figure it out. I've been working all winter for this, so I'm 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 really mm-hmm. I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous that I might not be able to run. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, keep us posted. Hope it works out. Yeah. 
Well, um, let's see. What have I been doing? More kitchen stuff. <laughs> it's like never ending kitchen. Mm. Uh, the video coming out this week is about building cabinets and we decided to kind of take a different approach. I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but instead of just doing a, a video about how to build kitchen cabinets, cause that's been done to death pretty well. Um, I wanted to try to answer the question of whether it was actually worth it to make your own cabinets. And so we took this video a, a little different approach. There's still some instructional kind of informational stuff in it. Well, there's a lot of information, in it, but there's some instructional stuff in it about how I built mine. But the purpose of the video is different than what we usually do. It's not just how to do this. It's, all right, here's a question. Let's go over some information and then let me jump in and show what I did. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you whether I think it's actually worth your time to do or not. And I'm not going to spoil that here because I want everybody to go watch the video when it comes out. But I think, like, I'm really proud of the video. It's, like I said, it's a little different for us as far as structure and point. But it's one of those kind of inflection point videos for us where we're trying something new that I think is probably a more productive, more valuable direction for people going forward. So I think... I'd be really interested to know what people's you know thoughts are on like, how the video works and stuff. But I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of the content, proud of the the way it was shot and edited. Anthony did a great job in both of those. And so that's coming out this week. And I'm not done with the cabinets yet, <laughs> but they are definitely along, like they're coming along really far. I put on a whole bunch of drawer fronts yesterday. Um, I've been like building drawer fronts, you know, just like in quantity. And they're all individually, like, it's not like a uniform size. So it's everyone has to be kind of custom made and fit and all this stuff. So yesterday I carried two big stacks of drawer faces up and started putting them on. And that makes the entire room look totally different. Just, you know, and instead of having like pocket holes on the fronts of all the drawers, like now they actually look like drawers. They're not painted. Still got to figure out paint color. Mm. (laughs) But starting to get them on and get them fit and then I'll be able to take them off, paint them and like screw them back into the same places. So that's pretty cool. Our appliances showed up a couple days ago, which is another leap forward in, you know, the room looking like an actual usable room. Uh, They're not all hooked up yet, but they're in there and we can see what they look like and everything fits really well. So it was cool because when I, I ordered these appliances. We got everything new except for the refrigerator. Um, and the company we bought them from has CAD models of like I, probably all of their products, but definitely the ones that we bought. And so we were able to just like import the CAD model right into the Fusion file and put it in place, you know, build the cabinets around it exactly. So when I went to actually build the inserts for like the oven and stuff, it was perfect fit that's awesome i'm I'm actually on mcmaster i'm just ordering something on mcmaster car and everything has a cad file on mcmaster yeah it's great that companies are doing that more and more often yeah it makes sense because you know they've got it right i mean they have way more detailed file than any of us would actually need to use the thing but so that was that was pretty awesome and that simplified some of that stuff and it was nice to see them you know push the things in place and they're like yep (laughs) it's exactly like the cad model (laughs) so that's cool. And then I got some recessed lighting put in. So now you can actually walk in and flip a light on in the room. So it's really, you know, it's beginning to take steps forward. Oh, I ordered countertops yesterday, which will take a few weeks to 
show up and be installed and all that stuff. What type of countertops? But do it. Corian, wood, or marble? We got quartz. Oh, we ended nice. up finding some quartz that we like, and we went back and forth. It turns out there's a lot of different types of countertops, yeah. like different materials that have different, you know, like pros and cons for different ones. There's and engineered tops, so, which looks like real stone, but it's all fake. It's crazy. Yeah, there's some that are like almost like a plywood. There's a this very, very thin top layer that looks like stone, and then there's this manufactured stuff underneath it. Um there's a bunch of different things that I had no idea existed. And I didn't know the difference between like quartz and quartzite and, you know, marble and granite and like what the, the value versus the, the problems with some of those about resealing and heat and all these different things. Anyway, we landed on quartz and um, went and ordered those yesterday. So that will be kind of the last big, you know, the big piece uh, and then there's just going to be a thousand little pieces, lots of dr- like specialty drawers to make and certain types of slides and pendant lights to hang up. And you know, there's are still you doing, a whole bunch uh, of stuff to do. Are you but, doing undermount draw slides or side by sides? Uh, we're doing like just the side ones. Yeah. The ones on the side, I mean, I kind of went back and forth on like, there were going to be so many, we have almost entirely drawers. There's maybe six doors. The rest of them are drawers and it's a pretty yeah. good size kitchen. So I, I was looking at, you know, what's going to be the most economical and the easiest to install at scale. Yeah. And I went back to those kind of on the side drawer slides because you center them. I mean, you can do it however you want to. A lot of people put them on the bottom edge. But I went in and put in all of the the fixed slide portions centered in every opening throughout the entire kitchen. And then you just center the rail inside the drawer and it centers the drawer. <laughs> so you don't necessarily have to like, you know, one for one measure on, you just center everything and then it all lines up and you're good. So that made it a, a lot faster to, to actually get those installed. But um, yeah, so it's moving along. But also we started on another project, something that's not kitchen related. And that's, it's it's small. We're not very far into it yet, but that's been really good for me mentally to just begin to I know there's still a ton to do but to move past it and start to add something else back in because I've just been doing only kitchen related stuff for like two months now and it's too much it's just like I'm you know I need a break I need like something else to occupy my mind so coming up with another little project it was it's nice as a distraction uh to not be overwhelmed with the kitchen, but also just to begin to see that like I'm getting closer to the end because there's other stuff that's going to have to start taking up some mind space. So that's what I've been doing. Hmm. Um, we still got a lot of kitchen videos to come, a lot of things to pull out of the renovation, but it's going to not going to be just like back to back to back to back. You know, when I saw you you standing in the kitchen in Instagram and you're like. This is my kitchen. I was like, wow, he's already finished it. It looks great. And you're like, we're ripping this out. And then the next take, you're tearing it all up. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's the old kitchen. <laughs> it's like, it looks great. I'm like, oh, what would like colonial style? That's really nice. And then, yeah, of course, there's that beautiful room with the giant floor. Great, great starting point. And it's nice that you yeah, put the floor a- under everything as opposed to like building out. Sometimes you pull cabinets up and the floor ends at the cabinets. You're like, hey, yeah, lots of people were leaving that comment. Like, you wasted a lot of money putting flooring underneath no, all your great. cabinets. It gives you more but liberal the movement thing is, later. 
Yeah. And I mean, we bought those four, those floors four years ago. Yeah. I bought that before we moved for, to cover the entire house. And so like, I didn't have any idea what we were going to do in the kitchen. So I just got the square footage. Not that the, you know, you have plans of moving, but like when you resell the house ever, ultimately ever, you could say that this flooring. So if you wanted yeah. to remodel this room, you have flooring completely under everything. You just refinish it. Yeah. And we've done that under, like in the entire house, we put it underneath other built-ins and stuff. Like when we, where our TV is, I built a, some built-ins there for a project, a video uh, with a projector screen and stuff a few years ago. And even that, we tore all that out and then put the floor underneath it and then built it back up. So even mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to change that in the future, yeah. same situation. Yeah, it's, it's um, a great story. And that was really it. just because we we already had the Like if I was buying it now, obviously I would save the money and not you know, just put it where it didn't need to be. But um, we had plenty to do the entire house and we still have more floor than I expected to have left over. Oh. <laughs> Which... So it's not a ton, but I definitely have enough to do another room. You know, I don't have any more rooms to do, but I, there is more flooring. So I might yeah, try to come up with A-frame. A- Put it in your A-frame. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, maybe doing just the, um, probably not the entire A-frame. I don't think I have that much, but maybe like the loft area, something like that. So I just got to find a place to store that stuff for a while. It's funny because the A-frame has become this thing that like, it's just assumed because I've talked about it so much, it's assumed by me That's and my wife and the kids and you guys and everybody else that it's just going to be this thing I'm going to do. You're going to roll right and into it. And it sounds... You will. You'll just it sounds keep- really easy. It's just like, yeah, you know, when we build the A-frame. And then when I actually think about it, it's it's a house. It's like dirt lot and then you build a house on it. That's the project. <laughs> and that is way bigger than anything I've ever done. And it's not like a little one bedroom kind of, you know, it's not a mini house kind of thing. This The one I'm talking about doing has a loft. It's, I think it's 32 feet square on the ground. Um, it's a three bedroom, you know, it's like a legit cabin. And I have no idea how I would pay for that. And it's a, little, a huge amount of work. Little bits at a time. Yeah, I guess so. But it's funny because even the kids are like, oh yeah, you know, when we have the A-frame, we can just put this in it. And I'm like... Sure. Are you going to help me frame that thing up, kiddo? <laughs> you know? But but it is kind of funny because we've talked about my, all my kids, um, have, well, the older ones have started playing music. They play piano and they play different instruments and stuff. And I was joking around one time about wanting to get a new piano, like a grand. We have a, a baby grand piano that somebody gave us years ago. And it's it works. It's not in great shape. But I was joking around about I would love to someday buy a brand new baby grand piano like Ooh. just you know someday because i mean i've played piano my entire life it's a part of what i do and i was joking with the kids about like oh when we build the a-frame we could turn it into a music studio because it's out there away from everything like it's quiet we could set up instruments in it and then the more i got to thinking about it i'm like this thing just got way more expensive it's not just a, like a cabin now it's a cabin with a grand piano in it and <laughs> so i don't think i'll ever actually do that but the kids were just like oh yeah and we could take this instrument out there and we could set up these and we could have drums and we could go do all like yeah i kind of started that ball rolling that i probably shouldn't have but this a-frame is going to have different anyway. wings and that's just going to expand <laughs> into this huge building building yeah uh i am looking forward to that someday though to doing that project uh, i think it'll be it's one of those where like with the kitchen you know i i have to kind of keep working on it until it's 
usable at least, and maybe not finished, but we need a kitchen. But with A-Frame, that's a thing that we don't have to live in. It's it's like a, it's just because I want to do it. And so that will be a much longer term project where I can do a piece of it, you know, get it protected enough to then pause on it until the next thing. And so it's going to be really different than different than anything I've done in a lot of ways, but one in that way where I don't have to just like start and go until it's done. I can start and come back to it and go back and forth. So that'll be cool. One of these days. Um, we kind of had an idea. Jimmy had an idea about something we could chat about today. You want to take that, man? Yeah. Um, just talking about like how I, you, you, anybody out there deals with being overwhelmed because I'm getting to that point right now with all the people here on the property and and uh, the projects that I've promised that I have to fulfill. And how do you deal with being overwhelmed? And then you, while you were talking, it occurred to me also, how do you deal with being overwhelmed with all these things that you, you know, for instance, that your spouse might want or that your kids might want or that you even want, but you're overwhelmed with the idea of how to pay for it. You know, like what are some of the tricks that, that you deal with, uh, you know, you metaphorically, anybody, uh, me, for instance, I've joked about it quite a bit where I compartmentalize stuff. Like I'm only working on exactly what's in front of me right now and everything else, you know, like Rome could be burning around me, but I have to get this part done. So I'm really good at just ignoring all that. And, you know, from time to time, I was hi- I was able to hide out up here for a little while, but that's kind of n- no longer the case. People just show up. Hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of doing my job. Oh, really? What's going on? Can I, what is your job? Oh, I do this. So that's great. Oh, really? How long are you doing that job? I'm, I'm, good. I'm still doing my job while I'm telling you what my job is, you know? And, uh, you know, well, there's four <laughs> people standing around me. Oh, this is your job? This is great. This is so cool. It's like hanging out. I'm like, well, actually, it's hanging out, but it is my job. You know, it's my job. And you're in here, like, poking the It's hanging out, out but it's more work than I've ever put into anything in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. Can I just sit here and stare at you while you do your job? I'm like, I can't yeah, really rather you know. What am I going to be everything Um <laughs> <laughs> so you know the, that feeling of being overwhelmed and and uh so s- just throwing it out there what are some of the things you do and well you were talking about money and it, i got a little bit of a, a vibe because i've obviously been overwhelmed with money the, the idea of having to spend a lot of money where is it going to come from and uh, you know uh, a friend of mine once said you can't spend it when you're dead so instead of always worrying about how much money i have in the bank when i get a big chunk of money i don't spend it irresponsibly, but I'm like, oh, okay. Now that I have like this much of a lead, I can put those windows in. Okay. Now that I have this much of a lead, I can do that. Or I can pay down that, or I can pay down that. And, you know, I just, I try to keep faith that money's going to just keep coming in. You know, that's, that's obviously something you need to nurture, just like a garden. You got to constantly maintain your relationships and you got to constantly maintain your, you know, in our case, you got to maintain your channel and, you know, your relationships with uh, your sponsors and new jobs and, always look for new stuff but how do you do that you know like like right now you're thinking about the a-frame and you're so like oh that can't possibly happen because it's going to be two hundred fifty thousand dollars at least for what you really want you know and then you start thinking to yourself you're like well okay the foundation's maybe 15 or twenty thousand dollars in concrete and you know yard work and field work that i could do let's do that you know, and that like that's kind of how you start to, like yeah. right now I have a you know potentially a two hundred thousand dollar barn build in my backyard, but right now we have the foundation which costs you know, twenty 
20 grand, 15, 20 grand, I forget. But Taylor did all the plumbing herself. That She went online and figured out, she didn't film any of it, but she did all the plumbing for all the rooms and the tack room and the washroom for all the stuff that she wanted to have. She, she wants a, a bathroom in there. So she set it all up in preparation for a bathroom, which, which would have a, uh, a septic tank outside. You know, but what do you call those things in the ground? So she did all that legwork, which saved us a considerable amount of money without having to pay a plumber to do all that. But um, just the idea of like, okay, it's kind of like, can I get to the next rock across the stream? It's like, okay, I'm at this rock. Can I get to that one? Yeah. You know, so it's almost like, like looking down like life through a spotlight as opposed to like a giant floodlight. You know, when you see the floodlight, you get overwhelmed, Mm. you know? So that, that's been my, that's always been my thing. Like um, with a lot of these people here now that are taking my attention, it's really funny because the other day before I knew that deadline for the trailer moved, I was still thinking I had to deliver mid-May. So the other day, I was working all day long on the trailer sides. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, I was all done. It was about 10 o'clock. And I was like, oh, there was three other things I needed to do. So I literally went back to the shop and I worked at the shop till about one in the morning. Because those things just slipped my mind because I was so focused on yeah. the spotlight, you know. And uh, it, they, weren't, they weren't big things, but they were stuff that needed to be committed decisioned on the next day so i just wanted to have them ready for everyone to look at um small things like like the clips for the sign and a couple of other things but so some of the things that helped me most there's really just compartmentalizing and you know the metaphor of just having the spotlight on what you need to focus on and yeah you know just when you when you look at everything at once it's too much you know i can in my mind say okay i don't need to start worrying about that until this date i don't need to start worrying about till that date and then occasionally the schedule lightens up or, you know, you get more money and you're like, Oh, life's a little bit easier. I don't need to feel as overwhelmed. You got to remind yourself that because you you get into this, you get into this mindset of like, I'm always overwhelmed. I always have so many things to do. And then you like a client cancels or moves the deadline and you get a big chunk of money and you're like, Oh, I don't have to feel that feeling of overwhelmed. I can consciously decide not to feel that right now. And you're like, wow, yeah, I can go, I can go tinker. So after yesterday, my case in, in point is, once the the deadline was moved, I I literally felt like I had like three hours to do nothing. So I went into my machine shop because I was going to after everybody left here, I was going to go work on the trailer until midnight. I was going to go work on the trailer from like six to midnight. And when I realized I had plenty more time, I went out to the machine shop and I cleaned my machine shop for the first time since the winter kicked in. Threw out a bunch of stuff, cleaned off my lathe and my bridge port, which were covered with coolant and you know chips because the last time i worked in there was two degrees and i just wanted to be done and leave so i didn't clean anything and (laughs) so you know it's nice to remind yourself when you're not overwhelmed or when you you know the projects everything's in check and there's plenty of time and plenty of money yeah you know so at least to get to the next rock crossing the stream whatever that is so i think one of the things uh, on that point um one of the things about like the culture now and lot of you know startup culture people who have been in a startup business of any kind working really hard and working a lot of hours is part of it and that can become a habit and like you're saying where like you oh you get used to being overwhelmed you don't like it but it's just the normal it's how things are i think the same thing can happen with just being busy with filling your time with stuff and we build these habits often about well, I'm just overwhelmed all the time. That's just how my life is. Or I'm just busy all the time. And personally, a couple years ago, probably 
five or six years ago, I decided not to say that I'm busy. So this may be semantics. This may be like this not really a thing, but I decided for me that I'm an adult who uh, runs my own business. I am in charge of where my time goes. And so if I decide for my time to be filmed, filled up, it doesn't mean I'm busy. It doesn't mean I'm caught up in things that I can't control. I decided to fill my time up. And so using that as an excuse to not do other things is kind of dumb. Like that's not truth. It's I've made myself, my time is full. So I don't go around saying like, well, I can't do that. I'm too busy because I chose where to put my time. Mm. And even if that's just to myself, like I have a fixed amount of time. I can decide to spend it on work. I can decide to spend it on uh, playing video games. I can decide to spend it on, you know, my kids or running or music or wherever I want to put it. And all of those things have ramifications. If I put it all into video games, then I don't make any money. If I put it all into my family, I don't make any money. If I put it, none of it into my family, then my family's going to fall apart. You know what I mean? There's like, you have to decide where to put all of that time. And if you decide that your habit is to always be too busy to do more stuff, then you're going to miss out on things. Same for being overwhelmed. If you decide to always be overwhelmed, you're never going to try new stuff because you're always going to have no margin. Like you, you have no place to put anything. It's funny because there was a moment last week where I said to myself, and I guess I've said this to myself before, but I was a little bit more conscious about it. I was like, am I addicted to this chaos? Yeah. Am I addicted to the chaos of just constantly promising everybody to everything? And then the game is figuring out how to make it work, (laughs) you know? is staying up late every night. Am I addicted to this? I think I am. Hmm. Addicted I, think, to the I mean, that's a legitimate, that's a legitimate thing, which is bad. The word addiction has obviously a bunch of negative connotation to it. But then if you take that same thing that you were just thinking there and you flip it around and say like, well, do I thrive in problem solving under pressure? That's maybe a different way to say the same thing. Yeah, I think I do. And I think for you, I'm you do thrive there. I'm much more creative under, under those situations. And I definitely, it's, it's, right. it's an adrenaline rush to be like, ah, oh, got it. Okay, got it. Go yeah. to work. You know, like. Right. Yeah. I mean, so like when you were talking about the spotlight thing, I think one thing I have trouble with personally is is getting the spotlight on. I I it's, I have a hard time like compartmentalizing like you were talking about only being able to focus on one thing. And I did realize though, that my computer has a lot to do with that. And I think that that works out to lists. So we've talked for years now about, you know, lists are really useful because you can see everything you have to do. You can check them off and you have this, like I've, I completed a thing, but I've realized when I'm up working on the kitchen and this is really over the last couple months, I'm not at my computer for days at a time. Like i there have been a week where I just did not sit down. And in that time, my email fell behind. I wasn't aware of like social media interactions and stuff, people that wanted my attention. I was just working on one thing. And that's something I usually have a hard time doing because every time I sit down at the desk in between doing a little bit of this project and a little bit of that project, I'm like, oh, look, there's email. There's something that I have to keep up with. That's really handy because it gives me a checklist of people I need to be in touch with and things I have to follow up on, but it also makes it so that I can't compartmentalize the project because I'm that's in my head, the project's in my head, and then so is the email and the thing that I ordered, and I'm curious when the thing's going to show up, and you know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm realizing that I think the lists, while really useful 
in most cases can also be the thing that stopped me from being able to focus on a big project or a thing that I just need to focus on. Like I think huh. disconnecting from my computer for that sake or my phone or whatever, I think can be really good in certain situations. When I feel overwhelmed, it's usually because there's a lot of things going on in my head. I'm like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. How am I going to find time to do all these things that are in my head? And the one thing that always makes it go away is putting things down in a list. Like, these are the hmm. things that have to be done. These are the deadlines. These are the things that I want to do. And for some reason, when I see this stuff in a list on a piece of paper, something I can look at and visually get a, uh, the bird's eye view, the overwhelming feeling starts to go away. Because, like, you can actually see what's important and what's not important. And it's, it's a magical thing. It really is. This is just a visit to the post office. That's not a big deal. I can yeah. do that right now. And then, like, yeah. all of a sudden, your list doesn't have four things on it. It's got three things on it. Yeah. And plus, there's a real, for me, there's a really, really satisfying feeling of crossing the thing off or ticking that, that check mark. There's just, it feels like I've accomplished something. Yeah, and that list never goes and away, think, and that list can be uh, overwhelming in itself. But it, right. once I get the things out of my head and just put them somewhere where I can physically see it, it really, really helps clear clear my mind. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I was surprised to to realize that even though that is helpful for more reasons than not, it also stops me from focusing on a single thing. Sometimes, like I, I have to figure out a way to have that list and then pick one thing and then put the list away <laughs> until that one thing is done rather yeah. than always like glancing back at the list and like, Oh yeah, I have to do this thing. And you know, somebody's trying to get in touch with me. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, having notifications on your phone is that same thing. It's that the thing where you just get interrupted all the time with stuff that doesn't really need your attention, but you're curious about it. And, you know, having Twitter open on your computer, like I have on one screen, I have Twitter, and my email client next to each other. And really that I should close both of those. And then I should check those once a day because they, they, in my mind, they both act as other lists other on top of the list that I made of things that I actually need to do. You know, it's, these are things that I have to, I don't have to, <laughs> those my are other brain people's wants to lists. Check. <laughs> exactly. That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> um, another thing you were talking about money, um, and I know I've said this before, I know it's not everybody's situation, but I will say that getting rid of of my debt years ago, and I was like severely in debt, but working really hard with my wife to get rid of our debt made every choice about our future so much more comfortable and so much more realistic. And so when I think about the A-frame, it's not a matter of, like, well, someday when I pay off this card or someday when we've paid off this thing, then I can start to think about it C- because that roadblock is out of the way. Now we just have to find the money to do the thing. Right. Um, but I always try to encourage people that if, you know, do whatever you can do to get rid of your debt, because even if it doesn't feel like it's a weight on you, it is a weight that you don't realize you have. And I've never felt more a bigger shift of freedom of like weightlessness as when we paid off that last card, when that thing was gone, I'm like, never again, 
It feels completely different to look at our future and choices and options and trips and cars and all those things when you don't have that weight holding you down saying like, well, yeah, but I, I also have this other responsibility that I still have to take care of, you know? Um, I mean, you're always going to have stuff you got to pay for. That's just the way it goes. But not having that monkey on your back is, is pretty big. Uh, a few years ago, I, I was, this is, this is at least 10 maybe 15 years ago, no, about 10, 12 years ago, a buddy of mine, just in a simple conversation, completely changed my my point of view about credit and, and debit. For instance, he said this, he said, <clears throat> he goes, oh, my debit card, this, my debit card. I'm like, you use a debit card? He goes, yeah, I use a debit card to pay for everything. I'm like, do you use credit cards? He goes, no, I use my debit card. If I have the money, it's paid for, it's done, it's over. I don't get the mail at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I don't let my credit build up. And just him saying that to me, I was like, I never had the mindset. Of course, at the time, debit cards were just really becoming more popular. And I never, ever considered, I always just paid for everything with a credit card. And then I'll just pay off the big lump sum at the end or whatever, a portion of it, or in some cases, all of it. But when I realized I could use my debit card as a cash card and I got over the mentality of I'm going to pay for it all together at once or a little bit at a time, and it's going to be gone. So I remember making purchases of like $1,000 for material or Two thousand and I and the alleviation of it being gone and done right there when I make the transaction and not worrying about it in twenty days from now when the the American Express bill comes and it's three of those so it's like four thousand yeah. or five thousand dollars worth to pay but I pay it off a little bit at a time and I know it's out of, it's out of my account so from about that point on I use my debit card all the time I mean I still yeah. use my credit card to make purchases online and stuff and I don't always want to get my debit card out but. It, it changed my point of view. I never used the debit card function on that credit card, you know, on my bank card ever until I had that conversation with my buddy Mike. And he was a big yeah. contractor that was constantly using his debit card for like, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 at a time materials and stuff like that. And uh, imagine having a credit card bill with all that, that debt on it. So, I mean, it was part of the reason why, because mm-hmm. I just debited straight away. I don't have to deal with any, any credit card information in between. So that changed my point of view to be able to be like, stop going in debt slow, you know, because you creep sleep deeper and deeper in debt every time you use your credit yeah. card, especially when you have the option of paying only part of it off. You're always like, oh, I'll pay it off when I have a lot of money. I'll pay it off. And then all of a sudden you get $40,000 in credit card debt with no end in sight. Yep. And then you get used to using the credit card and you think, oh, let me put the credit card away. I won't use it anymore. And then suddenly you realize you don't have that much cash anymore. Because you never really yeah. had it. You were just using your credit card to pay for gas and food and lunch and travel expenses. And, and then this ever-increasing uh, amount of cash that you do have goes towards paying off that debt. And it just it feels like an endless cycle. I mean, I, I was deep in that, and I it is tough. So I'm not – anybody who has debt out there, that I'm not trying to preach down to you. I'm saying I've been through that. And working super hard to get through it was like one of the best choices I've ever made for my – future for my freedom uh you know just feeling like i have options like i can do the things that i want to and do. nothing alleviates the feeling of feeling overwhelmed you know when you're broke and you owe i mean i still owe but i'm not at a point now where i'm like panicked about it or overwhelmed because i know i have faith i could get it sorted out and i'm much more responsible now i mean i spent so much money on credit cards because i was always like oh one day i'll have the money and then all of a sudden I'm I never had to go bankrupt, but I had to you know, struggle a little bit to get out from under the debt that I've created for myself in the past. But the idea of just using a debit card and just being done with it, like, you know, you paid for it, mm-hmm. it's done. You know, I paid for it, it's done. They paid for it, it's done. 
and yeah so so yesterday just just to hit this home a little bit more yesterday i came downstairs and our heater was leaking water and the heater's not supposed to leak water uh and so i don't know if you know this or not but anyway so i called a guy and he came out and looked at it and basically what we think is it's the heater's 20 years old it's right it like the uh, warranty went out in November of last year, so that's handy. And so through talking to him, basically there's a hole in the bottom of this one section where it's condensing and water's coming out. We're going to have to replace it. And it's going to be like five grand. And I'm not happy about that because that's not money I want to spend, not what I was expecting to spend. Tomorrow, and so I, I said, you know, this is a thing. It's an investment. We're going to put it. We're Let's do that. Choke up the money, and then it will be under warranty for 20 years, and we're good, right? So then this morning, I'm looking at my schedule, and I'm like, oh, yeah, tomorrow I have to go to the dentist. I have to get a crown put on. Not cool. And I'm like, oh, wait, I wonder how much that's going to cost. And then I remembered I remembered that I paid for the crown when I scheduled the thing in mm-hmm. cash beforehand. It's done. It's pay- So, like, just what you were saying, like, yeah. a month ago when I knew that I was going to have to do this appointment, I said... I'm going to pay for this now so that I don't have to worry about it in the future. I don't have to worry about it day of. Yeah. Like I have the money right now and I'm going to pay it and it's over. And that was a nice feeling this morning when I thought, oh man, this month is getting so much more expensive. Wait, that thing's already paid for. I don't have to come back to it anymore. So little things like that, you know, which wouldn't have been possible if there was a credit card out there for me waiting. I don't want to harp on this, but it's, it was a significant deal to me. Um, to make that that transition in my life. I think it's really important to, to bring the point up. I mean, because so many, so many of me and my friends, so many of us, us as you know, general human beings are overwhelmed. And you think it's really the list of things to do, but when you really get down to it, it's like, how am I gonna pay for this? How am I gonna pay for that? How am I gonna pay for this? That's mm-hmm. really where the feeling of overwhelm comes in and you know, this American spending society that we've grown to live, you know. So you think oh, I got so many things to do, but then you, you know what you're really uh, associating with that, either on the surface or deep down beneath the surface, is how am I going to pay for that, and how am I going to you know pay for my life while I want to do that? You know, I'm overwhelmed because I want to you know go on a road trip, but how am I going to pay for the road trip while I'm you know not earning yeah. money? Whatever. You know, so I mean, it, it's important if you can get out from underneath that. I've never been in in crazy debt, so I, I can't relate too much on that. But I have been, uh, I've spent most of my adult life in collection with so many things, and, and you know, it's it's. I've never had like ten thousand dollar credit card bills. It's always been like this hundred dollar phone bill that's been you know a phone that I had ten years ago, and then this hundred dollars here, five hundred dollars here, and then I spent most of my twenties. <laughs> avoiding the phone, avoiding the mail. So I, and it was just this thing that always weighed on me. And, you know, like 10, around 10 years ago, from about the time I met Kelly, she's like, that's enough of that. You got to fix this. And it slowly got rid of all those collections. Uh, and, you know, as it, I'm in my 40s now, and I finally have a decent credit score, I can finally get a loan without having a relative cosign for me. And then hmm. that, so I can relate to what you guys are talking about on that level of getting rid of that part of my life and just being like, Oh, I can, I can do normal 
things now and I can answer my phone. Uh, I can look at the mail without, without fear. And I just, that was, that was so big of just getting rid of that collection for me and just fixing all of that. It was, that was heavy. That was really, that was like 20 years of just, I've done wrong and I'm not fixing it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's funny. I recently spoke to a family member, um, and I know that person will never listen to this, but they said something to the effect of, oh, yeah, well, I haven't paid taxes in 10 years. I'm like, you haven't paid taxes in 10 years? Oh. Well, I mean, I get paid under the table. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You got to sort this out. Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about it. I'm like, you can't just say you don't know. You got to sort it out. Wow. And then in the middle of the conversation, this person's like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm like, what you need to get right now is a lawyer and a tax accountant to figure this out. Mm. If you proactively go after it, it won't be as bad as if they come after you. <laughs> I said, figure yeah. this out immediately. And this person's in their 20s and they're like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, you need to sort this out right now. Your whole 20s, you've been working and not dealing with this. And... Yeah, so I mm. gotta give this person a gentle reminder to get ahead of this before it finds yeah. them. So, yeah, um, just to switch gears a little bit, talking about you know things that are uh, to not feel overwhelmed. I, I know I've mentioned this before too, but my running is a thing, and I think you could do this with any like um, activity, really. But running is a thing that I is a single person activity. I don't run with people. So it's a thing where no matter how I feel, no matter what else I have to do, I can go be by myself and physically exert myself. And that makes pretty much every situation a little bit easier to to handle when I come back to it. You know, it's just a way to clear my mind. I almost always listen to podcasts or an audiobook. So it's an active listening. It's I have I can't necessarily think about work or projects or whatever's going on, I actively listen to something that takes my attention and then my yeah. body is being worked out. And that is kind of like a breath of fresh air when I come back to whatever situation. So, you know, I know running's not for everybody, but like an activity like that where you're by yourself, your mind is occupied by something outside of what you're normally doing can really give you kind of a fresh perspective when you come back to yeah. I usually, stuff. oftentimes I'll do something similar. I'll go for like an inspirational drive. I'll go to some like, like I'll go to Walmart or something or Lowe's or Home Depot or <laughs> you go to Walmart for an inspirational drive. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just I'll go there and, uh, you know, I'll take a, a new route along the way. But when I get there, I'll, you know, I'll wander up and down the aisles, but that's a way to kind of escape, you know, make an excuse. Yeah. I do this often. I'd be like, Oh, I have to go to Walmart to buy rubber bands. You know, something stupidly ridiculous. But I'm like, oh, I'll be back in a couple hours. I'll be, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to go buy paper clips. And you know, I really don't need to go and buy paper clips. You know, I'm even lying to myself. I think oh, I could go right to the paper clip mm-hmm. aisle and get paper clips. And like, I buy four boxes because I want the best looking one. I can't decide. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> but the whole time, I'm really just—it's a little bit of escapism, which mm, obviously yeah. we all need. And you know, I do that too. I—I I, I don't think I didn't. I don't know that I realize that I do that, but I'm like, oh yeah, Uh, I could, you know, when I'm shipping books, I'm like, oh, I could give this to the the post office person uh, or the mailman when he arrives. You need to hand it off to feel like you've done it. Yeah, I have. No, I'm going to go to the post office, and while I'm out, I'll I'll pick up some food for dinner tonight. And oh yeah, I need I need some more wood glue. Yeah, 
it, it it really is an escape. I didn't, I guess I didn't really realize that I did that. Oh yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> Constantly. Like last night I had to fight the urge to do that. Cause I, I shuttled kids to soccer practices and games and all this stuff. And you know, it was just a busy family evening. I got home at like eight o'clock and the kids are all showering. And I'm like, uh, we don't have any cereal. I really want some cereal right now. And we don't have any. <laughs> and Jenny's like, well, go get some cereal. And, and I had to fight the urge. I'm like, I don't actually want cereal. I just want a break. <laughs> and so I didn't, I just came downstairs and I worked on something for a couple of minutes while they were getting ready for bed. And, you know, but I, f- I find myself doing that right there. I'm like, yes, uh, cereal. I oh coffee. We're getting low on coffee. I need to go get some coffee. Anyway, the funny thing you guys is got like, any other people probably use woodworking or 3d printing or, yeah. or making as their escape. And then, I'm looking for an escape from my escape. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's got it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, being overwhelmed? Any other tips, tricks, habits, anything? No, just learn how to manage your time as best you can with what you got. Yeah. And I think you, you really do need to build in breaks, whether it's a you know going for a run or going to Walmart or whatever you got to build in breaks into what you do so that you don't you have a a place to breathe throughout your day um all right well let's go ahead and thank our patreon supporters uh big thanks to everybody that helps us out over there at patreon.com slash making it we are really grateful um and everybody over there no matter the level that they support gets the after show which is more of us talking about stuff and usually funny stuff and secret stuff and maybe jimmy has some extra tv stuff to talk about maybe not I don't know. we don't ever plan it so who knows uh but big thanks to our top supporters over there odin leather goods Corey from make shape create rich at low End designs blondie hacks fun kiss artistic creations you can make this too chad from Mancrafting works by solo albers woodworks and Corey ward but like i always say there's a huge list of other people and we are thankful for everybody over there so if you want to join that crew and get the after show, go to patreon.com slash making it. I feel like that was kind of radio voice like. You, you have a great voice. Maybe I should, should intentionally like lean in and patreon.com slash making it. You could Whoa. do that, Bob. You know you yeah. could do that. You could have a whole new career as a voiceover. Guy. Maybe I should. You should. I've always wanted to do voiceover work. <laughs> you should talk the whole time like this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll do the whole after show like that. Anyway. What's, uh, you know, one thing, uh, one thing occurred to me is uh, always don't, don't abandon projects because an abandoned project will make you feel overwhelmed forever. Like if you have like that half built huh. car in the corner of the room or that, you know, I know you guys have gotten Vespa projects. I know Bob, you got a Vespa project. I don't know if it's done now, but I'm going to nope. scold you to do it because those <laughs> I little- just thought about it. As soon as you said that, I was like, Oh, Vespa. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know from, from me, you know, like I walk past these things in the yard, like this tool I want to restore or that thing that I want to put back together. And I'm just like, ah, it drives me crazy. Find a minute and yeah. finish, you know, if obviously maybe it's not a minute, but find the time to finish these abandoned projects or just get them off your plate. I remember once I, I took apart this tractor that came with the house and I was I was going to restore it. It was way before YouTube. It was 17, 16 years ago before I had all the, the capabilities and skills that I've learned since then. And I took this whole thing apart and I was just like, I, I come up here once every eight days for a couple of hours. I'm never going to do this. And so I remember giving the whole project away to a neighbor who restores tractors. And I felt like, 
ah, okay, I've come to terms. Hmm. This tractor is not going to be the one. I'll just buy one eventually, and I eventually did. And you know, but just either finish it or just just make a pull pull the ripcord on it, and then I that have, really helps. So there's this uh, similar feeling. Like I will pile things up. Like oh, this is equipment that uh, equipment things at house could be anything. Like oh, this stuff I could probably sell on eBay, or I could put on Craigslist, and I'll put it in this pile over here, and that pile builds up, and and I'm like. I'll never have the time to put all this stuff up on eBay or Craigslist. And then I eventually like will give it away. It goes to Salvation Army, the Goodwill. And it, there's this feeling of just like, that is no longer in my life. And I feel so much better. Who cares if I didn't get $10 for that thing? I just feel better that it's out of the house. Yeah, I have felt that. And I, I have a bunch of stuff I need to do that with that I'm hanging on to. I'm like, well, one of these days I'm going to sell it. And you're right. I totally just need to, like, get it out of the way. Yep. Um, all right. We got anything cool to recommend? I have something kind of cool. Oh, I forgot oh. all about this part of the show. <laughs> oh, man. I got something. This is a super uh, niche. Like, nobody's going to nobody's gonna click on this link. But it's <laughs> <laughs> the spirit. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. There's this YouTube channel called Ixie Music, and she is this absolutely incredible musician, like knows theory up and down, which I don't. Mm. Um, and her entire channel is is all about breaking down Nine Inch Nails songs, which is so crazy. Um, but huh. she breaks them down in such a like like in depth. Like we're going into like uh, hit thought process. We're going into s- scales, and she's like, "This is it's it's super nerdy, but in a very it doesn't feel nerdy. It just feels like oh, this person is super passionate about about Trent Reznor, and she's breaking down. Like it's just really good. I don't know how to explain it. Wow. If you care about Nine Inch Nails at all, it's it's a really cool channel to check out because she is. I don't. And it's one of those channels she maybe has, I don't know, 20 videos. Um, and like right away, she has a really good YouTube personality. She already has the hmm. like the, the, the tone of her videos were set from the very beginning. So there are no bad videos, which that's not usually the case. Usually you start a YouTube yeah. channel and it takes a long time to to get up to speed. She's She's got it down. That's cool. Um, did you ever listen to the episode of Song Exploder with Trent Reznor? Yes. About, I can't remember what song it was, but man, what a good episode. Um, good. And, and speaking of that, there's also the, the Netflix uh, series Song Exploder. So there is a se- oh, yeah. yeah. So there's a series of, of videos. Most of the songs that are on there, I don't e- I either don't know or don't care about. There's a good REM one where they talk about losing my religion. I just love the deep dive in, into a song and the thought process. And it really, it's just fun to see how other people create. Cause I think uh, I can use that to help with the stuff that I create. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I sent you guys a video uh, about where cork comes from. You guys know where cork comes from? Like cork inside like a tree of wine or bottles? something, right? 
trees. But yeah, it's yeah. it's the bark of a tree that you can only harvest like once every ten years or twenty. I watched the video about six days ago, so I don't remember the exact exact details. But it's uh, most of the trees I think are in Portugal, and the bark. There's a certain way to do the bark, and there's specific hatchets. You know, it's one of those things that have been done the same way for hundreds of years, and the bark gets peeled off of these trees with a hatchet with a skilled harvester, and it comes off in these like coats like so like the whole bark looks like when you peel bark off of a tree and it all comes off in one piece but that becomes the cork and then you leave enough of the bark on the 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 trunk of the tree that it it regenerates it's crazy Mm -hmm. i had no idea so totally sustainable so check that out if you're curious about cork i just went through my (laughs) history and that was the one video that i was most impressed with recently everything else is just news Uh, cool have we ever talked about tim hunkin you know who Tim Hunkin is? All right, so I, I don't know. I think this was just a YouTube recommendation. This guy named Tim Hunkin apparently had a TV show in England. I'm trying oh. to find the name of it. It's called Secret Life of Yes. I someone said this, this guy sent that to me. That's amazing. I, now he's got a new YouTube channel. Yeah. So he has a he did this show. I think it was like in the eighties or something. I, I've never seen it, but. He used to talk, yeah, it's a secret life of machines. And so he, he, the video, each episode would be us how a certain machine works. And so now he has a YouTube channel where he's talking about the secret like life of components. Yeah. And so he has a video about connectors, one about springs, one about switches. I one just about started watching him. I forgot about him yet. So good. They are so cool. They're long. They're like 45-minute episodes. But the guy obviously has spent his entire life making stuff out of everything <laughs> and it's very, very cool. Yeah. You should go check it out. I don't like, I haven't watched all the way through any of them, but I've skipped around to kind of just, you know, see what he talked about and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's very cool stuff. So yep. go check out Tim Hunkin. Um, mm, Good morning guys. Uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Uh, all right, you guys got anything else you want to talk through today? Well, not on this episode. All right, let's <laughs> go talk about more interesting stuff on the After Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. And uh, we will see you next time. Oh, sorry. I love you, too. I love you, too. Patreon.com slash making it.